good cooks in our church. <laughs> Possibly a bunch of kids who are foodies. Happy Mother's Day. What a beautiful rain-filled weekend to celebrate. For me personally, I got the greatest gift for Mother's Day because all three events that we had going on yesterday were outside and they all got canceled and I didn't have to do any of them. Thank you, Jesus, for the rain. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I want to tell you a little story that I found called What My Mother Taught Me. My mother taught me logic. If you fall off that swing and break your neck, you will not get to go to the school with me. My mother taught me medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. My mother taught me to think ahead. If you don't pass your spelling test, you'll never get a good job. My mother taught me ESP. Put your sweater on. Don't you think that I know when you're cold? My mother taught me to meet a challenge. What were you thinking? Answer me when I talk to you. Now don't talk back to me. My mother taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts your toes off, don't come running to me. My mother taught me how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. My mother taught me about marriage. How do you think she taught me that? My mother taught me about genetics. You are just like my grandfather. My mother taught me about roots. Do you think that you were born in a barn? My mother taught me about wisdom of age. When you get to be my age, you will understand. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until your father gets here. My mother taught me about receiving. You are going to get it when we get there. And an all-time favorite thing, justice. One day, you will have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. And you will see what it's like. So with that being said, happy Mother's Day. November 6th, 19-something. That is the day that I was born. That's the day that my mom became my mom. I had a wonderful example of a mother. I can remember the things that she did for me growing up, the elaborate birthday parties, the all-weekend sleepovers, the preparation for the school dances. Some of my friends are here that can give you something of that. The back-to-school shopping, my amazing new kids-on-the-block bedroom set. Oh, I love that. My playhouse. She would be so frustrated with me about my dirty room that she would come in and finally clean it for me, and I got paid back for that one, Mom, because my daughter is the exact same way. She was at every game, every activity that I did, and she was my biggest supporter in life. And quite honestly, she still is. I always had this really weird um, but kind of awesome fear of her. I never wanted to disappoint her. And if I knew that I did something that was going to hurt her, it completely shattered me inside. And what's crazy is that even to this, still, this day, I still have that. One thing awesome about my mom, though, is that I watched her love her mother. My grandmother was the most ornery, sassy little spitfire you ever met. She literally sat at her table with her oxygen in her nose, smoking a cigarette, 
with a smile on her face, but I remember being there all the time. In fact, some of my greatest core memories in my life were at her house. And as my mother got older, my mother would, my mo- or as my grandmother got older, my mother would go to her house multiple times a day to check on her. On her way to work, sometimes at lunch, on her way home from work, she would stop, she would make meals for her and drop them off and check on her and take her to appointments and run her errands and all the little details that she needed help with. And mom did those things. And later on, I had quite the unique situation in the fact that both of my grandmothers were best friends. And when my mom's mom got too old to take care of herself, she moved in with my dad's mom. And so my other grandmother took care of her. And we got to see them all the time. It's a great it's a great thing. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, Wow, you don't even really know how great you had it growing up. I had a great example of how to love your mother. So for about a month now, I've been trying to figure out how do you preach a sermon on Mother's Day? And I discovered it's actually very, very hard. There are so many ways that you could go with it, but there's also so much pain it could cause to those who are waiting on God to make their move. So I prayed a lot. God, what do you want me to say to celebrate Mother's Day in a way that everyone can feel your presence, that everyone can hear from you? And the message you gave me isn't anything like I thought it was. Motherhood is hard. It's beautiful. But it's hard. So today, in honor of Mother's Day, I want to talk about moms. But not specifically you as a mom. I want to talk about you having a mom in your life. Maybe your mom, the mother of your children, a motherly figure in your life. Studies have shown that being a mother is the equivalent to working two and a half full-time jobs. The tasks that need to be done don't end at 5 p.m. or start at 9 a.m. Moms don't get weekends off or holidays. In fact, if we get a holiday or a trip with our family, it's basically just taking care of our kids in another city. It's a never-ending gig that pays literally nothing. Laundry, cleaning, cooking, bathing, feeding, entertaining, homework, teacher meetings, spiritual formation, and so much more, and it never stops. In Luke chapter 2, we get a glimpse of what it must have been like for Mary to be the mother of God. We know the story of the birth of Jesus. We know he was born in a stable. We know that the shepherds and the wise men came from afar to see him. But then we hear a story about Simeon and his encounter with Jesus. And I want you to think about this scripture from Mary's perspective, from a mother's perspective. Luke chapter 2, 25 through 35. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen 
the Lord the Son. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple to teach. When the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. Now the child's father and mother, Mary, marveled at what was being said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts can be saved. Now, right here in this moment, I can picture Simeon cupping Mary's face, looking directly into her eyes as he prophesies to her and says, and a sword will pierce your own soul. A sword will pierce through your own soul. The most wonderful, gracious event in human history was God sending his son into this world to the cross to save his people from their sins. And yet this gracious event caused indescribable grief for Mary, his mother. And this is important to note because as God works out the salvation of sinners, he leads us along paths that result in unexpected and sometimes agonizing pain. And when it does, we can remember Mary, the mother of Jesus. But then if we read further on about when Jesus was a boy in the temple, but again, listen to this perspective of Mary. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the Passover, to the festival, according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. They were unaware of it. You have to remember that they traveled in large groups, and it was just expected that your group stayed together. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. So here they are frantically searching for their son. Can you imagine what's going on in Mary's mind in this moment? After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Here is where I, as a mother, would lose my temper. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding of the scriptures. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And Jesus then responds, just like a typical 12-year-old, unfazed and confused by her words. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? they didn't understand what he was saying to them. And then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Verse 50 
21 also describes the continual development of Mary's comprehension. Luke tells us that his mother kept all these things in her heart. She didn't know everything about Jesus. She kept on growing in her understanding of the unique personal role of Jesus Christ in hers. Now, I'm not saying that any of us are raising Jesus up in this world. Her situation is completely different. But we are raising disciples in our duty as mothers is to teach them. Proverbs 22.6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not depart from it. But the truth is, just like Mary, we never truly understand our child's role. We learn about them, but we don't know who they will become or their purpose that God has placed on their lives. Let's continue reading about Jesus showing us how much he loved his mother on the day he gave up his spirit. In John 19, 25 through 25, 27, it says this. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, he said, Here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Mary, the mother of Jesus, witnessed the crucifixion from the foot of the cross. Can you even imagine how she must have felt? The darkest moment in her life, the sword that stabbed deepest into her soul, was the moment that God used to bring salvation and healing to the rest of the world. Here's a little side note. That's how he works with us. When the sword pierces, And it all feels like terrible pain. But we later discover that our deepest wounding often becomes the channel through which the most profound grace flows. Mary's pain, a mother's unspeakable pain, brought forth redemption for the entire world. Then Jesus, loving his mother like everyone should, he turns to John and he says, at his mother and and he says let him stand in your place as I do let him stand in my place as you are he did everything that he could do to make sure that she was loved and cared for and taken care of all the days of her life and John lived a very long life and I believe that he took care of Mary until she was dead Jesus is on the cross bearing the weight of sins on the whole of the whole world on his shoulders and yet he sees and stops to make sure that his mother's pain afterwards he's showing all of us today how important it is to take care of and love our mothers so how do we do that in a world where busyness is more prominent than ever how do we take time to show our mothers 
that we still have on this earth with us that we love them. And I don't just mean your mother. I mean any mother in your life. Your mom, your mother-in-law, your grandmother, your wife, your daughter. I'm a mother. And as much as I try not to need these following things, I recognize as I was doing this, or as I was preparing this, that I really do. We all do. Even when we don't want to need these things. We need to know that we're doing a good job with the most important task that God has given us on this earth, and that's motherhood. So today I want to give you a few ways that you can love the mothers in your life like Jesus loved them. First, love her verbally. Tell her with your words. Talk to her. Call her. Tell her about your day. Ask for advice. Let her know that she's important to you. Say those three little words that are so hard for people to say sometimes. I love you. I love you. Speak that to your mother often. Tell her as often as possible that you love her. Love her physically. When is the last time you gave your mom a hug or kissed her on the cheek or held her hand? Think about what mothers do. Your mother was the very first one to touch you. She carried you in her womb for months. She cradled you. She cared for you. She snuggled with you. She kissed your boo-boos. She wiped your tears and your cushions. She gave you life, and she raised you, probably not perfect, to be exactly who you are today. And all of those things that mothers do are being done to your children by your wife and to your grandchildren by your daughters, and they all deserve acknowledgement for a job well done. Simple physical touch is needed by every human being, including a mom and dad. As we grow up, our mothers hand us off to our spouses. But there should never be a time when we don't show her how much we love her, because she still needs those things. Hug her as often as possible. Number three, love her patiently. I'm sure you've all had those moments where your mom frustrates you. I mean, my mom's sitting right over there, so it's never happened to me. But I'm sure everyone else, it has happened. When you're teenagers and our mom won't let us do what we really want to do, or as an adult, when she tells you how to do something that you think you already know how to do. Here's something important that you all really need to understand. Moms mess up. We don't always do it right. Sometimes we have to come back and apologize for acting crazy, to even to our adult children. But I can assure you, she does these things because she loves you. She oversteps because she loves you. Be patient with her as she learns to let you lead your family. Because for your whole life, she led you. It's a hard transition to make for moms. And her natural instinct is to help you do the same. Another way to love her patiently is not to expect, th expect things from her just because she's your mom or because she's always done that. She has a voice. 
into your kingdom, no matter what it is. I'm learning in my own life that people think differently than me. I don't understand it, but when I don't understand why people do the things that they do, it doesn't mean that I get to act hateful or be ungrateful to them, and I don't get to expect that they must do what I want them to do. Mothers have an incredibly difficult job with no pay, no business world, no position in the business world compares to the physical, emotional, spiritual commitment she has to motherhood. So give her grace and be patient with her as often as possible. Number four, love her attentively. Mothers listen to you as you pour out your heart. She has a sympathetic ear. She always has. And even as an adult, you've probably gone to her when you want someone who will really listen and understand, and she'll always be by your side. There was a documentary about a year ago of men who were going into execution for capital crimes, and they interviewed these men, and they also interviewed their mothers, and it never failed. The mom would say, oh, he's such a good kid, and the interviewer would say, yes, but ma'am, he killed 37 people, and she'd say, but he has such a good heart. It's no wonder that we like to talk to moms. She listens. She supports. She's always on your side. But there will come a time when she has issues, when it's your turn to be the rock and to take the time to listen to her. Some of you are in the thick of it right now. You're the caregiver. You make decisions for them. Your days are overwhelmed with being everything that your mother needs, and it's tough. But I want you to see that it's also beautiful. You are showing the love of Jesus to her while she spends her last days on earth. You have the power to make these memories that you will cherish forever. You have the ability to pay her back for everything that she has done for you throughout your life. And in their older days, our parents have many fears and anxieties. And I pray that we treat them as we would hope to be treated when we are in those situations. Be present, be attentive, and meet her needs as often as possible. Number five, love her gratefully. A school science class had been studying magnets and how metal objects are attracted to them. And at the end of the semester, the teacher put on the exam this question. Six letters, starts with the letter N, picks up things. What am I? More than half of the children wrote nothing, which is completely true. If you really sit back and think about the things that your mother did or does for you or your wife does for your children or your daughter does for your grandchildren, you cannot deny the love that is there. One thing that I take for granted with my mom is that she has an incredible gift of caring and remembering and giving. There has never been a time when I didn't get a card in the mail for a special occasion from her. Birthdays, every single holiday. Every single one. Has had cards. Always. Thinking of you cards, anniversaries. She remembers even the hard days in my life in the past. And she sends me little pick-me-ups to help me get through those hard days. 
wasted a long time on me. I will miss them. I'll go out to the mailboxes, searching for my heart, knowing that they won't find it. Pay attention to the little things and great things offer on Mother's Day, but every day. Someone told me not too long ago that I'm living my best days right now. I have my parents, I have my children, and after thinking about it, I realized that this is so true. No matter how frustrated I get, my parents are alive. I can talk to them every day if I want. My kids are growing and healthy happy most of the time. There will be a day when my mothers aren't here. Many of you already know this one. When our mothers are with Jesus. And I'm sure that you are and I will be so glad for their eternal life. more that get more grown up every single day, and it makes me see how quickly time passes, how little time we have left in this season that we are in right now. So take the time to do those things for the mothers in your life. Make room for them. Make room for God. Mother's love is endless, not changing or altering. When needed by her children, a mother's love will show. God bless these special mothers. God bless them every one for all their tears and heartaches.
Just make room for him this morning.
this is our surrender. We, rescind, we surrender everything we have to you. Father, help us to make room for you in our lives. Help us to put aside distractions and things that keep us from you. Because we know that when our focus is on you, things just seem to go better. And when they don't, our faith is stronger. Father, we're so thankful for all of the mothers in our lives. The mothers, the grandmothers, the aunts, the friends, the daughters. I pray that you bless every mother in here. I pray you bless every person in here who has a mother. I pray special blessings for those who have lost their mothers. Today we celebrate all moms. We are thankful for the gift of them that you have given to us. Help us to honor them. Father, thank you for moving in this room today. Thank you that we could come and just sit at your feet for a while. And that you would pour out your blessings upon us. As we go this week, Lord, go with us. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us every day to stay focused on you. In your precious and your holy name we pray. Amen.